The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. The Bear of Texas, and this is Into the Net FC. Let's not waste any more time. I'll bring in my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California, Steve. Are you ready to discuss the Champions League draw? A lot of talking points on this, uh, especially in view of also some of the other potential transfer talk that has been heating up. But, yeah, let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. And the transfer talks are definitely a good talking point, and we will get into that. But the Champions League draw is certainly interesting, shall we say. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, let's hit the road with uh, Group A. Manchester City, PSG, Leipzig, and Bruges. Um, that's a pretty tough group. Uh, right off the bat, it's certainly a very high-profile group. Uh, Man City, who may end up being the landing spot for one Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then, of course, with PSG, who just added some serious ammunition during the summer um, by adding um, Messi and Ramos, uh, among others. Uh, Leipzig which, you know, has been performing very well in the in the Bundesliga. Uh, Tyler Adams of the U.S. national team, uh, midfielder, is on Leipzig. Uh, Bruges. Um, so, yeah, it's a really, really interesting group, to say the least. It really is. And, you know, a lot of people really didn't take too kindly the fact that Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain are both in the same club. You know, I believe somebody in our somebody in our uh, in Stoppage Time FC, uh, our soccer group, shared a tweet that somebody is calling this uh, the Oil Classico. Well, you could call it the Oil Classico, or um, you know, the the hillbilly inbred marriage. You know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you know, Man City and PSG. I mean, they're pretty much you know owned by you know the same consortium. You know, by the time you get get down to it, it's some serious Qatari money that's running uh, both of these teams. It's just it's just amazing, you know, because we remember there was a time when both these clubs were not under this kind of management. There was a time where. Manchester City was basically an outcast in the EPL, and Paris Saint-Germain was was the outcast in Ligue 1. And now look at them. 
Well, money changes a lot of things in life. Uh, money can buy you instant respect, instant respectability. But the other thing, though, that's also of note here, too, is that Man City and PSG, for all of the hardware that they've won domestically in the EPL and in France, uh, Man City has not won the Champions League. PSG has not won European hardware since they won the what used to be the European Cup Winners' Cup, I want to say, in 96. So that's been a hell of a long time since PSG has won any type of European hardware. Uh, Leipzig is a team that a lot of German fans really don't like because they consider them uh, Nouveau Riche. Uh, they don't consider that a team with a lot of uh, history and tradition, not like a Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, um, among others. But, um, but yeah, you know, interesting, interesting that those two ended up being drawn into the same group. I think in the end, though, I think Man City and PSG uh, qualify for the round of 16 of the Champions League without a whole lot of difficulty out of this group. I just think that their talent pool and everything, I think they're just uh, way head and shoulders above either Leipzig and uh, their centuries above Bruges. Oh, 100%. Uh, the, the games between Manchester City and PSG are definitely the games I'm going to have to uh, head to the local pub to sit down and watch because I'm definitely going to have to scout it. But, yeah, Manchester City and PSG, obviously the obviously the, the overwhelming favorites to advance, but the bigger question is who's going to win the group because that's really interesting. I would say at the moment probably Paris Saint-Germain, but with the current uh, situation with Manchester City on a potential transfer with, uh, with, with a certain somebody, which we'll get to later, you know, anything could change because, let's let's not forget, the transfer window closes next Tuesday, and the Champions League starts September 14th, so a lot could happen in this very short amount of time. Yeah, they're on the clock. <laughs> totally. Uh, Group B, uh, Atletico Madrid, the defending Spanish champs. Liverpool, who Atletico knocked out of the tournament in the round of 16 two seasons ago. Uh, so you've got Atletico, you've got Liverpool, you've got Porto, you've got AC Milan. You do not have a minnow in the entire group of four. I mean, in my opinion, this group B is arguably the group of death in this Champions League. Uh, three of these four teams have won either a Champions Cup or a Champions League. They've been, they've been king of the pond in Europe. Milan has won it all. Porto has won it all. Liverpool has won it all. Atletico has not won the Champions League. As I recall, I believe they won the Cup Winners' Cup uh, back in the 70s, but they've never won the Champions League. Um, so uh, Diego Simeone, the, the coach of Atletico, um, the guy who is really kind of a major burr in the saddle for Liverpool, so uh, that's kind of interesting. Porto, who's had a great deal of success in Portugal, they were the runners-up to Sporting Lisbon in the Portuguese League last season, and then um, AC Milan. So much history with with AC Milan. I mean, I think they've won they've won like five or no. I think they've won like seven European Cups, Champions Leagues. I think they're like one ahead of Liverpool. So uh, 
they have quite the pedigree too. So, uh, I mean, by far and away for me, this group B is the group of death. One hundred percent. Speaking of AC Milan, I, I believe AC Milan and Juventus—they're both the—they're both the clubs that have been in the final like numerous times. I believe AC Milan was actually in the final back in '93 when uh, Marseille won it. Uh, obviously, you know, in your case, uh, we'll forget in 2005, uh, AC Milan versus Liverpool, and you know, Liverpool, I, I believe, came from behind and ended up winning in, in a penalty shootout. You know, and at Atletico Madrid, I mean, that's the club I think, you know, the team that, you know, went to the final twice. You know, in 2014, they were like this, this close from winning it. And, of course, Sergio Ramos had to uh, had to ruin it for them. And then the, two years later, they went, at, well, I should say, like, like, okay, about two years later, they went again. You know, Antoine Griezmann, you know, missing that penalty, that which, which really would have changed the game. Although, I wouldn't say that that's what killed them because... It was early in the game, but you know, so, you know, it amazes me that you know Atletico Madrid right now kind of looks like the best team to have ever won it, but that's arguable. But but Atletico Madrid, you know, it, it's it's going to be so hard to find redemption for those two failures because the only way they can find redemption is to win the title, and they want to win that title. And as far as Liverpool goes, Liverpool would love to win it again because you know when it comes to Liverpool, they don't really want to hear everybody talk about Manchester City now, do they? No, it's, it's actually one of the points that Liverpool fans ward over Man City. I mean, yeah, Man City, for all of its success in the EPL since 2012, you know, they haven't won any European hardware um, since 2005. You know, Liverpool's won, you know, two uh, Champions League slash Champions Cup titles. Liverpool has a pretty good nucleus of players who were involved in a couple of years ago uh, winning the Champions League, and then the year after that they won the EPL. So, I mean, Liverpool on paper is still a very, very solid team. Do they have enough to be able to lift the Champions League or the EPL this season? I don't know if I'm totally convinced of that yet. But it's still, it's still a pretty decent team. Porto... I mean, they always field, you know, a, a good side, and you can't overlook them. And, um, you know, this, I mean, I do think Atletico and Liverpool come out of this group, but this is going to be a scrappy, very, very scrappy group, this Group B. 100%. And obviously, in my case, uh, AC Milan, I, I really want them to find a way to get through because, you know, you got Zlatan Ibrahimovic and, of course, you got my guy, Olivier Giroud. So it would certainly be good. I mean, the odds are definitely against them, but I think if Milan somehow just pulls off this kind of miracle, I mean, it would be huge. But but realistically, Milan would probably be lucky enough to finish third. Yeah, it's it's an extremely competitive group. No, no question about it. Yeah. Uh, group C is... It, it's not necessarily the group of death because, you know, the teams that are in it don't really have nearly the pedigree of the teams that are in Group B. But still, you know, we have some pretty big names. Sporting Lisbon, the who won their first Portuguese title in 19 years last season. Borussia Dortmund, where American Giovanni Reina plies his trade. Ajax, who... You know, for a lot of fans, this is a team that's won the the Champions League slash uh, Champions Cup four times. Besiktas, uh, 
one of the powerhouses in the Turkish league. Um, nobody really fancies going to Istanbul to play Besiktas. Uh, it's a tough side, but you know, on paper, it's a very, very open group. It's definitely open. I, w- I would honestly think that I would imagine Borussia Dortmund being the favorite. You know, of course, like you said, Giovanni Reina, and of course, uh, the, the, Nor- the Norwegian superstar Ealing Haaland himself. You know, for Ajax and, and Besiktas, I mean, it, it's certainly competitive, but it's definitely open too. I mean, because like you said, they don't have the pedigree, and Borussia Dortmund, despite the fact that they have a uh, a young Norwegian playmaker, you know, we, we all remember he scored ten goals in eight game, um, ten goals in eight games, or I th- maybe it was eight goals in ten games. I'm not sure, but it, it's not enough. I mean, one one young guy just can't do it by himself. And I mean, Giovanni Reina adds a bit to it, but you know, but he's like it's the pedigree that matters, and that's why this group is open. I mean, that's why it. it I mean, the favorite, obviously, I would say, has got to be Borussia, but. But you never know. Anything could happen. Well I, think, well, I think Dortmund is 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 definitely the favorite. I think as far as the second, I think Ajax and their cadre of young talent, I think they take second coming out of this group. I don't know if Sporting Lisbon will have enough to to finish in the top two in this group. For would love to see them do that. I mean, it's a team from from Portugal that I love. That our former exchange student Rodrigo, he's a massive Sporting Lisbon fan. Um, but I, I just don't think Sporting will be able to overcome Dortmund and Ajax. But uh, but it's a it's a very very even group. You know, there's no real demarcation, massive gulf, in my opinion, between. Who's going to finish one and two, and then and then three and four in this group? Oh, totally. And you said it's open, but gonna have, definitely going to have to keep my eyes open. But now we get to Group D. Now here's something interesting: three teams on this group. They were all in the same group last season. I'm talking Inter Milan, Real Madrid, and Shakhtar Donetsk. <laughs> well, and well, and and Sharif, uh, first team ever from Moldova. To qualify for the, the the group stages of the Champions League, uh, they find themselves with three pretty big heavyweights. Uh, Shakhtar gave Real Madrid absolute fits last year in the group stages. They actually swept both games against Real Madrid last year. Inter, the defending Serie A champs, but losing their Goal scorer Lukaku, who has now signed and he's playing with Chelsea, that's a huge loss. Um, Shakhtar, I, I actually saw Shakhtar's uh, qualifying game against uh, Monaco the other day, and that was one Shakhtar had won one zip in Monaco, and then on the return leg in the Ukraine, Monaco was actually up two zip in the game, two one on aggregate. Shakhtar gets the tying goal. They go to overtime. And then um, Shakhtar's left wing is trying to cross the ball, hits off a Monaco defender, and then goes into the net in overtime for Shakhtar to get the winning goal. Really good game. Very, very compelling game. Really, really fun game to watch. But uh, Shakhtar had to do it the hard way. But... um, I just don't see Sharif being able to. I think they're going to be the whipping post for for the other three teams. But um, 
you know, it's it's a very very interesting group. Um, I think actually in this group, I actually am going to pick Real Madrid and Shakhtar to come out of this group. I just I'm just wondering if Inter has lost too much in the off season. Um, you know, they came up short last year and they they didn't make it to the round of 16 in the Champions League this year. And I think we might see a repeat in um, this 2021-22 Champions League season. But I'm picking Real Madrid and Shakhtar to come out of this group. I really have Real Madrid winning the group. And I, and I think you're right about Inter Milan. You know, not only did they lost Lukaku, you know, they lost the defender, uh, I, I, I believe his name is Ashraf Hakimi, who's now with uh, Paris Saint-Germain. It really has been tough for them. But, you know, Real Madrid, you know, now under the leadership of Carlo Ancelotti and the... The, the rumor that you know, that you know who uh, could be on his way to uh, the Spanish capital but you know that remains to be seen and we'll talk and again we'll talk about that once we're done with covering the Champions League draw but Real Madrid is out to prove something like they are desperate to go back to their winning ways like when we talk about you know winning three Champions Leagues in a row I mean that's that is never that's just something that's not handed to you like you you gotta have you gotta be that good to be able to do it you gotta have all the pieces and they did. And ever since they lost Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, Real Madrid just has not been the same. And and so far, as far as Real Madrid goes, I, I think so far, I would say they've, they're already having a, a bit of success because so far, Eden Hazard has been playing decently and he's been healthy. So, you've got to hope that that can keep going. But if, if everything goes well and, and, and if they get you-know-who, Real Madrid not only wins the group, but they can win the tournament. Group E gives us four teams that have won European hardware. Uh, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, uh, Benfica, they have all won a Champions Cup slash Champions League. Uh, Dinamo Kiev, uh, they've won a European Cup Winners' Cup, have never won the Champions League or the Champions Cup, but they have had that history of, of winning you know, at least some European hardware. Uh, watch the Benfica game the other day against uh, PSV Eindhoven. And that was actually kind of an interesting game. Um, Benfica had the 2-1 lead from the opening match in uh, Lisbon. And then about 20 minutes in, Benfica ends up being a man down from a red card. And PSV had, they laid siege to the Portuguese goal, pretty much the remaining 70 minutes of the match, came close a couple of times, had some incredible misses with a wide open net in front of them. And, uh, you know, PSV, another team that's got, you know, more than a little bit of history in European competitions as well. But uh, Benfica is able to keep the clean sheet in Eindhoven to uh, punch their way into um, the, the group stage of the Champions League. So there's actually three Portuguese clubs this year in uh, the group stage, which is, you know, pretty impressive. Definitely impressive. Uh, well, the way I look at this group, obviously the favorite is obviously no doubt Bayern Munich. As far as Barcelona goes, well, despite the, the negativity and all the bad things going on with Barcelona, I still see them finishing in second. It's not the Barcelona of the late 90s, early 2000s, to be sure. Um, 
it's not even the Barcelona five or six years ago. But I, th I think that they've just got maybe a little too much talent, maybe a, a little too much class compared to Benfica and compared to Dinamo Kiev. And I think it'll be between those those two to fight for scraps to get a Europa League spot. But yeah, Bayern Munich should, should win Group E with relative ease. I mean, Bayern Munich, uh, just coming off that 12 to nothing win. Now we get to Group F. Well, there's a little something interesting. Huh. Villarreal, Manchester United, Atalanta, and Young Boys. Interesting. Uh, Villarreal, who upset Manchester United in the final of the Europa League back in the spring, uh, the Yellow Submarine finds itself in Group F along with uh, the Red Devils, Atalanta, the team from Bergamo in Italy, Young Boys uh, from Switzerland, uh, Adelaide is a team that, you know, they're a fun team to watch. They're open. They score. Uh, Manchester United, they were certainly busy in the offseason, too, getting uh, Jaden Sancho, among others. And uh, they're still a very, very solid team. You know, can VRL still continue to punch above their weight? Uh, that, that remains to be seen. I think that it. I, I do think in the end, I do think Man U should probably win the group, um, which is something they didn't do last year. They ended up not finishing in the top two in group play and had got you know set down to the Europa League. Which I predicted. Made it, final, made it to the final, only to lose to Villarreal. I think Man U and Atalanta come out of this group F. Um, I don't know. I just don't think Villarreal is going to be able to perform that miracle again. Uh, young boys, I just think the Swiss, they just don't have the guns to compete with those other three. I mean, no doubt. And as far as Manchester United goes, we have yet to see Jane Sancho actually play. Uh, the same thing goes with Rafael Varane. I would imagine Varane will probably play uh, this weekend, I believe, uh, on the road against Wolverhampton. Uh, as far as Sancho goes, uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, Manchester United has... Many weapons. And speaking of weapons, Marcus Rashford is reportedly back in training. But I would still imagine... I would imagine he's probably not going to play in the group stage. I mean, he'll probably maybe play the last two games. That could happen. But if we're if they're going to take their time with the recovering process, Manchester United... Uh, Marcus Rashford might not play until until the knockout stage. But we'll see. But there's still plenty of, uh, there's still plenty of weapons. You know, Manchester United... Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba are definitely going to have to uh, to take that tag team potential and really put it to great use. Like, like you know, if, since everybody knows I'm a wrestling fan, like you know, Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba, they're going to have to be like the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, and that's a tag team you're very familiar with. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Group Group G is another one of these groups that is um, pretty even. On paper, Lille, the French champs, Sevilla, who normally are just rampant when they're playing in the Europa League, uh, Red Bull, Salzburg, Wolfsburg from Germany. You know, there's there's not this huge demarcation between one and four as you see in some of these other groups. Uh, Lille's biggest loss actually probably was not on the field. I think their biggest loss was losing their coach, uh, Christophe Galtier, who took over down in Nice. 
And uh, quite frankly, at least in French League, um, you know, for the first three games this year, Lille has looked just a shadow of himself. I mean, they still got players like uh, American Timothy Weah, Canadian uh, Jonathan David, uh, the Turkish forward Yamals. but uh, they, they just seem to be missing something now that uh, Christophe Gaultier took his magic wand down to the Côte d'Azur to, to ply his trade with Nice. Um, I think on paper, I think Sevilla is probably the, the biggest favorite in this group. And then, um, then I think it's a dogfight for second between um, Salzburg and Wolfsburg. And I will probably give a little bit of an edge to the Germans to take second out of this group over Salzburg, um, I just I just don't see Lille finishing in the top three in this group. Unfortunately, it's too bad they had such a magical run uh, to to win the French title last year. Would love to see Lille make a make a run in Europe, but uh, I and they certainly got the luck of the draw. I mean, if they were gonna land in a group, if they were gonna ask for three other teams to be in the group, I think they're at least going to be more likely going to be competitive with Sevilla, Salzburg, and Wolfsburg than they would have been had they landed, say, in Group B or uh, or Group D, for that matter. That's unfortunate for, for Lille. I mean, because I still believe if uh, they had the manager from last season, they probably have a decent chance. But, it's, yeah, there's no doubt Sevilla is going to win the group. But, you know, but like you said, you know, it's going to be a dogfight for second place, and whoever finishes in third, well, I would just say, well, you're just lucky that you're still going to be competing for something because it's you're better off. It's better to compete for the Europa League than going home and not competing for anything. But so Group H, Chelsea, defending holders of the Champions League, and all they did on top of winning the Champions League, talk about the rich getting richer, you know. They get Lukaku to help out what was already a pretty formidable attack. Juventus uh, finished behind Inter Milan. Uh, actually had to, had a bit of a dogfight to, to try to get into the Champions League. That took uh, Juventus winning and Napoli falling short for Napoli to end up in the Europa League and Juventus being in the Champions League. Uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, the Russians, and then the, the Swedish side, Malmo. And um, believe it or not, the Swedes actually had, you know, they've got a little bit of a pedigree in their own way. They were uh, Champions Cup finalists, losing to Nottingham Forest back in 1979. And then Malmo is also where one Zlatan Ibrahimovic started playing professionally. The whole Zlatan story started in Malmo, which is a city in southern Sweden, the real southern tip of Sweden. So um, I I don't see Malmo, you know, cracking, you know, above the top three. I think in in this group, I just think Chelsea and Juventus just have too much class. Even if, let's say, for the sake of argument. Let's say if Juventus loses Cristiano Ronaldo, if he ends up making the jump to Man City, um, I still just think Juventus has you know way too much uh, to lose out on a round of 16 spot against the other sides. So, um, so at any rate, I think I think Chelsea and Juventus come out of this Group H. 
Oh, without question, Chelsea and Juventus. There's no way that you know, the first, the top two spots already gone. So, as far as Zenit, Saint Petersburg, and Malmo goes, I mean, the competition for those cases, who's gonna get? Who's gonna go to the Europa League and who's gonna go home? But as, as far as Chelsea goes, you know, there's no, there's no way. I don't, I don't see them losing any of these games. I mean, they could probably, maybe they could probably draw at least one game with Juventus, but. At the very most, it's definitely going to be at least five wins. If it's possible, Chelsea on paper looks even stronger this year compared oh, totally. to last. I, I, it's just so hard to come up with a reasonable formation with all these players. But I mean, we obviously we all know Lukaku is going to lead the charge. But it's, just, it's incredible. I mean, Chelsea has more than enough hardware to win the title again. Let's not forget, as far as the awards go, you know, uh, Edouard Mendy being the goalkeeper of the year, Thomas Tuchel, you know, the, ma the UEFA manager of the year. Jorginho, yeah, player of the year. Yeah. You know, he had, such a, he had such a phenomenal year for both Chelsea and with Italy in winning the, the European Nations title. I mean, Jorginho, you know, I think should certainly... I mean, a lot of times the Ballon d'Or seems to go to goal scorers, but uh, but I think as far as for 2021, I think Jorginho, uh, the Italian, I think he merits serious consideration to be the Ballon d'Or winner for this year. I mean, he's had just absolutely a, a masterclass season for both Chelsea and with Italy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, no doubt. So now that we wrap up the Champions League draw discussion, we got to talk about these potential transfers that's been going on because it's really been pretty high in the last uh, 48 hours or so as far as discussions go. Yeah, it's kind of incredible. You know, the whole, you know, Ronaldo leaving Turin to to go to Man City, that that story is just uh, gathering legs in, in a really big way. And, you know, the rich get richer. Uh, up at the Etihad, so you get to have uh, you know Pep Guardiola, who has said that he's going to stop coaching at Man City effectively as of 2023. So you know he's he's kind of on the clock there. But um, you know when you have a skills guy like Ronaldo, who has kept himself in such superb shape and who still performs at such an incredibly high level. You you add him with an already formidable lineup, and you know all of a sudden Man City, uh, they could certainly win the you know the the EPL title again. But I think getting Ronaldo, I think isn't so much for the winning the EPL, uh, as far as the the people who leave Man City are concerned. I think they, they really, really, really want to get that European hardware. They really want that Champions League uh, so bad they can taste it. And no doubt. I mean, the fact that Harry Kane, apparently it's reported that he he was convinced by Tottenham management to stay, and now there's talks that he's going to sign a new deal. So now that, now that Manchester City know that, that Harry Kane possibility is probably dead in the water, plan B, I guess, is Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, they're two very different players. They're totally different positions altogether. I mean, Harry Kane is a classic number nine. You know, he's you know he's a center forward, center forward. I mean, he's he's one of these players who's kind of like an Alan Shearer. I mean, he's, it's like the guy was born 
with a number nine on his back. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, the guy is all, – all the guy does is win. Uh, when he was, I mean, he was showing so much promise as a teenager – and from a exhibition game when Sir Alex Ferguson uh, convinced the board at Manchester United to to buy him out from Sporting Lisbon to bring the Man U, Man U to Real Madrid won a ton of hardware at Real Madrid. Uh, went to Juventus. He's won a couple of Scudetto. He's won an Italian Cup. Um, I think Ronaldo would like to to go out with another Champions League to be sure, and with this side that's going to be around him at the Etihad in Manchester, uh, he certainly has a very, very good shot. I mean, it's, it's going to be really a real interesting days, you know, and, and right now I'm really wondering, you know, what's Juventus going to ask, you know, in order, in order to sell Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, I mean, it just seems that Ronaldo wants out and, uh, you know, he's even though he still looks fantastic and he still does great when he's out on the pitch, but, I mean, the clock doesn't lie. I mean, he is getting a little long in the tooth. So, I mean, I think that if Juventus is going to recoup any money, you know, I think they're, they're going to need to sell him now, you know, rather than later. Absolutely. And now we get to Kylian Mbappe. Now, you, you read my article that, that was published earlier today, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion that he's going to end up with Real Madrid. The, the question is going to be whether Real Madrid is going to just absolutely totally break the bank, you know, like 210 million euros or some ridiculous thing like that to bring Mbappe from Paris to Madrid. Um, or, you know, Mbappe could just say, well, you know, stay in Paris probably win another French title this year. And um, then I could just pick whoever I want to pick um, in, during the summer. You know, and that's, it's not without risk because there's such a thing as injuries. And I think, uh, I think PSG, I think they would like to have that huge payday, get something for them rather than have them walk as a free agent in June. So, um, It'll be interesting to see, and it's clear, given the lack of activity that Fenway Sports Group, the the American consortium that runs Liverpool, given how little they spent or did in the offseason for Liverpool, they're certainly not going to cough up that kind of money to bring Mbappe up to Merseyside to play with Liverpool. Too bad, would have loved to have seen Mbappe in a, in a Liverpool shirt. But uh, but I think it's all but a foregone conclusion, you know, whether it's going to be within the next week or so, or whether it's going to be next summer. You know, I, I just think Mbappe will be wearing Madrid white. You know, as far as the whole thing with Liverpool goes, I mean, it's a shame too in my case because I want I want Mbappe to go where there's heavy competition, and that's and no doubt that's the EPL. I mean, I've made it clear, like you know, I'm not happy of how bad Neymar's influence has been on Mbappe. 
You know, it's some people say maybe you shouldn't blame Neymar. Okay, maybe not, but there's there's just no that and that Mbappe. You know, with with everything in PSG, you know the the lack of the such a competitive environment has really gotten to him. Like, he needs a fresh start. Like, he needs to be under the influence of somebody that's won it all like many times. So if he so him being under the influence of the likes of Kareem Benzema or Mohamed Salah or you know or under you know Jurgen Klopp would be great. But you know. If he goes to Real Madrid now, even though Zidane is not there, you know, it, it's it's no big deal because you know with Carlo Ancelotti, I mean, just just imagine how much an impact Carlo Ancelotti can have on the young Mbappe. Well, I mean, Ancelotti has won three of these Champions Leagues himself. I mean, Ancelotti is a, a legend. Uh, he's won, you know, three Champions League titles. He's won domestic titles in France when he was coaching PSG. He's won domestic titles, coaching at Real Madrid. And, of course, his spell when he was at AC Milan, where, you know, he won, you know, multiple Scudettos, uh, Champions League, uh, Copa Italia. I, I mean, you know, Ancelotti, is a, he's a hell of a coach. And uh, I, I certainly think Mbappe would, would relish the opportunity. And I think... Um, you know, th- there's only a handful of places that Mbappe is going to land, but I, ju- I just think that by the time the smoke settles, you know, less than a week from now, I, I think that the deal will be consummated. I do think that Mbappe will be going to going to Madrid. Well, hope. I mean, if he does, I mean, right, right now I'm a bit torn. Like, should he stay with PSG right now so he can go win the Champions League? Or immediately go to Real Madrid. I mean, I'm torn on it because, like I said, I want him, I want him away from Neymar as possible. I want him, you know, to immediately, you know, pick it up, you know, because I want the guy motivated, you know. Especially, I want him to, to get it back together before uh, the World Cup uh, next year. Okay. Right. Yeah. But, so, so. But, but you make an interesting point. I mean, if you're talking about winning the Champions League, which you know, after winning. The World Cup and winning, you know, the European Nations Cup. If you're if you're a European soccer player, you know, winning the Champions League is is right up there as far as a huge feather in your cap. Mbappe is more likely going to win a Champions League title this season, this season of 21-22. He's more likely going to lift the Champions League if he stays with PSG with that incredibly loaded lineup that they have. You know, rather than Real Madrid right now. You know, I I think Real Madrid could probably make it to the quarterfinals, maybe the semis. But as far as you know, do I do I think that this current Real Madrid side could make it to the final of the Champions League? I don't think so. The PSG side, on the other hand, is so loaded, and uh, there's so many people that know how to win, and there's so much talent there. This is a PSG side that definitely is capable of making it all the way to the final. And then once you get to the final, anything can happen. But you know, at this point, the fact, you know, I was so surprised, you know, Real Madrid makes the first proposal, and then just in the blink of an eye, PSG re- rejects the deal. And then 24 hours later, Real Madrid submits another proposal, and there's and we haven't heard anything about it so far, so maybe it's being taken into consideration. But, you know, and I said this in my article, that if PSG were to let Mbappe go as a free agent, it would be bad for business because, you know, knowing PSG, knowing how management, knowing the way they operate, 
we all we all know damn well they are not gonna let Mbappe go without without making money out of it. I mean, that's the, that, that that's just the you know the mentality of successful businessmen of the caliber of the PSG management. You know, it's about business, and bad business is bad for the club. But of course, you, one might say, well, okay, well PSG is far from being in the situation where they need money. But I mean, just that is true. But being the kind of business, the businessman style that the P, that the team operates on, you always going to take the opportunity to make money, no matter even no matter how well loaded you are, you only want to add more to the pocket. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but as far as I mean, I'm not gonna declare anything. That's why I said in my article. I mean, because I had the proof. I said, well, it's quite clear, and Bappe does not want to be there anymore. Not only has he made that clear himself by saying it vocally. I mean, he's taking action. I mean, I made sure I put a source says six deals, six extension offers. He was he was offered. He said no to all of them. Well, I mean, the question is, I don't know. Did he actually say no, or was it his agent who who happens to be his father? I would say both of them. I would I would say they probably both said no. But you know, at the end of the day, perhaps it's Mbappe's father, the agent, who has the final say. So, but but the fact that Mbappe has said it himself, he he wants to go to Real Madrid. I really believe he actually said no. But well, we'll just have to wait and see. But you know, but the situation is. You don't know what to expect. You know, these are the all these rumors and stuff. I mean, they all lead to a dead end. Like we need confirmations. You know. As far as it goes, but but I, I guess as far as uh, guarantees go, it looks like Real Madrid is certainly more realistically be the club location rather than Liverpool because compared to Real Madrid, Liverpool probably hasn't really made an effort to get Mbappe. I mean, Jurgen Klopp, we haven't really heard him say much about the possibility of Mbappe, have we? No. I mean, I'm sure he would love to have the guy, but. But I'm sure Jurgen Klopp is, is more like focusing on running the team, you know, winning the games rather than worrying about that. He, he'd probably say, well, that's that's management's deal. Unless, of course, Jurgen Klopp says, well, we need this guy to win the title. But because they're not in that situation, that's why Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp really hasn't said anything. But, you know, but if Liverpool feels like they don't need him, then they obviously won't get him. So, so that's why I really believe that Real Madrid wants to get it done as quickly as possible because they don't want to allow the any other team to even have the slightest chance of getting Mbappe because I also mentioned this like if they if he be, if he goes to next summer it won't just be Real Madrid and possibly Liverpool I mean at least three other clubs could join in on the fun yeah and, no and I do mean join in on the fun because it's I could call that a, you know, a transfer war but we could also say it's going to be quite a party yeah no yeah. no question but I I think in the end he's going to end up in Madrid. I mean, most realistically, I mean, I, I always said, despite being a lifelong menu guy, and and still, I'm still a menu menu fan at heart. But you know, if Mbappe goes to Liverpool, to me, it's not it's not like oh well, he should go to Menu because, like I said, I just want him to go to a place where he can has the possibility of winning. But most importantly, being in a he- heavy competitive environment, you know, knowing that arrogance, you know, e- you know, in ego behavior. You, you, you just can't have that in the EPL. If you want to succeed, you're going to have to relinquish those. You're, you're going to have to be serious. And, and, and I'll tell you this, and the last thing I want to say is, you can just tell the fact that Mbappe is denying all these deals, I think that's a sign that he knows he has to make that change. Like, he knows that his behavior, he's got to end it. He's like, okay, I understand now that this is a mistake. i got to make it better. I need to move on. So that's why I believe Mbappe has matured a bit by, by denying six freaking deals, six extension offers. 
And he's he's taking a stand against management, if you ask me. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I think we've got everything covered. Do you have anything, anything uh, last things, anything to say, Steve? Nothing else to add. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the NetFC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, thank you so very much for joining me. I cannot wait to have you back on soon. Everybody have a good rest of your week. Take care. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.